The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. We have the most special show uh in store for us today. I'm so fortunate to have two wonderful people who are in the field of psychic psychology that have come to join us. They're both very well renowned in this field uh, across the world and they they are, I'm just so highly, uh, I just can't even imagine how I actually have these folks on the call, but I'm so glad to have them. Um, the reason that we're picking psychic psychology as our topic, and the, the subtitle is Energy Skills for Life Relationships, is because we're going to talk a lot about energy. And a lot of folks don't think about this, but energy is what makes up the universe. And it's a living energy. And it's continuously changing and evolving. And we as humans live in that energy, and we have energy that we contribute to our environment and to each other. And so this energy, if you're conscious of it, is extremely healing. And I have to tell you that uh, both John Friedlander and Gloria Hampshire, I have had individual sessions with them, and it has helped my life enormously. So we're going to dive right into the show. Um, first of all, I want to define some terms that we'll use because not everybody's familiar with psychic and psychic uh, uh, lingo. And so I'm just going to kind of give some very simple stuff here. Parapsychology, which is basically psychic psychology, is a science and it's concerned with the paranormal and psychic phenomenon. And basically, what it investigates and what it goes into when it's helping people is telepathy, precognition clairvoyance, psychokinesis, near-death experiences, reincarnation, apparitional experiences. And these, these talents, these, these channels of energy are used to try to therapeutically assist their clients. Also, the term a psychic is, um, and I'm just pay, basically taking definitions here out of very cold resources, but uh, relating to, affecting, or influenced by the human mind or psyche. That's what a psychic is, capable of extraordinary mental processes such as extrasensory perception, mental telepathy, and clairvoyance is another term we're going to use to some degree, and that's to have a supernatural ability to perceive events in the future or beyond normal sensory contact. So first of all, I want to introduce uh, John Friedlander, our special guest, our first special guest. John grew up in Georgia. He began his metaphysical education during his college days. He has degrees from Duke University, Harvard Law School. 
He spent time in India. He studied with Louis Bostwick at the Berkeley Psychic Institute in California, and he joined Jane Robert Seth class. He practiced law from 1974 to 89, but he began teaching classes in psychic awareness in 1982. And in 1991, he published his first book, The Practical Psychic, with Cynthia Pearson. Then in 99, he co-authored Basic Psychic Development, A User's Guide to Auras, Chakras, Clairvoyance. And then in 2011, Psychic Psychology, Energy Skills for Life and Relationships, which we're using when this was also written with Gloria Hampshire. And Gloria also contributed to those last three books that I mentioned. Actually, they co-wrote. He released two CD sets in 2011, and today he concentrates on teaching students about new dimensions and is available for private readings in addition to seminar schedules. John and his wife currently live in Saline, Michigan. Welcome, John. Well, hello. That's quite a lovely introduction. (laughs) Thank you, sir. And our other special guest, Gloria Hampshire. Gloria was born in New Jersey, and she grew up in Delray Beach, Florida. Wow, she gets around. (laughs) Being uh, psychically sensitive as a child and raised in a home where clairvoyance was the norm, she had many fascinating experiences. After moving to Gainesville, Florida in the early 70s, Gloria began a structured studies in yoga, meditation, living for several years in in an ashram. And over the next 10 years, she worked as a professional photographer, managed a media production center, taught photography at the local community college. And then after moving to Cincinnati, Ohio, and completing John Freelander's psychic awareness courses and years of personal work with John, Gloria co-authored Basic Psychology Development, a user's guide to auras, chakras, and clairvoyance, in basic psychic development in 2011. She's a clairvoyant. She's a teacher. Coach is available for private readings, personalized phone classes, and seminars. Gloria currently lives in Boston with her husband. Welcome, Gloria. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Now, you and John have used a statement, what is the way is the way. Can you help us understand that what that means? Yeah, sure. Now, first, I, I, I want to back up just a little bit because you you gave me credit for a book that I didn't help with. <laughs> and oh, his, it figures. I'm sorry. Go ahead and clean his, that up for me. His first book is called The Practical Psychic, and he did that with uh, Cynthia Pearson. So thank okay. you for all that. Credit. I only deserve two-thirds of that. <laughs> okay. Uh, we and, and also, I, I think you left out a word. It, the, the phrase is, what's in the way is the way. What's right. in the way? What's in the way is, is the way. And, uh, you know, we, we can't take credit for that, uh, as uh, the, the phrase comes from uh, probably the uh, I Ching, um, but, uh, and it's been used in many ways and in, 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 in many forms over time. But uh, what, what's in the way is the way. The way we look at it, and to simply put it, it's at whatever presents itself is our next spiritual step. And a lot of people will will find a challenge, and they'll you know they'll 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 rail against it, or or even try to to deny it or make it go away. And the way we look at at, at these kinds of of events that show up in our life is is simply our next spiritual step. And if we can find you know more skillful ways to engage them and and come into current time with them and and clear the energy that presents itself in that challenge, 
the more spiritually free and uh, engaged we can become in our relationships. So what's in the way in the, is the way is not a punishment. It's just simply what's next. And, John, you can add into that whatever you'd like. <laughs> yeah, it's not unlike the uh, famous saying, life's what's happening while you're waiting for what's next. Um, so many of us anticipate that our happiness is dependent upon getting, uh, you know, a mate or uh, money or health. Uh, but let's say you have a health crisis, uh, and and whatever is in the way, which is your health crisis, uh, is in fact uh, a way of dramatically transforming yourself. Uh, Gloria and I are in our mid-60s, uh, mid uh, uh, and uh, the people we know are getting on up there. Uh, so so we, we know people who are having health crises. And, like, we have one friend and, and client who... Uh, has been dealing with a serious health crisis for about two, three months. And she's engaged it at this spiritual healing level and has found it to be so transforming. It's, it's not what she would have chosen uh, consciously if she could have chosen it. But given the fact that she's in engaged it, she finds herself being so much freer, so much more appreciation of life, so much more capable of communicating uh, to her friends, so much more capable of honoring boundaries, and all all this while dealing with the pain and, and fear and disappointment and unhappiness that uh, came with her health issues. That's an it's example. So well. It's so well put, uh, both of you, that, you know, that this day and age, people by, by the mass majority of the population avoid conflict. And what you're saying is embrace the conflict in front of you and work through it and take it in because you can't control. Is that is that near what, what you're trying to say in some regards? Yeah, absolutely. Uh you, uh, uh, you. Uh, there was a famous book written in the seventies by a, uh, a reincarnate Lama named Chogyam Trungpa, uh, called "Spiritual Materialism," where uh, he suggested that Westerners thought that if they uh, meditated, that all their problems would go away. And, uh, if, if if they did, then uh, uh, I think the Dalai Lama has meditated. If 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 that were the case, then Tibet would be free. Uh, That's true. <laughs> Good so, point there. <laughs> so uh, just meditating doesn't make your pro uh, make difficulties go away. If you do it skillfully, it will make you become. Uh, more capable, more kind, more authentic, more generous. And 
it will help you become happier because you engage what's in the way as the way and it and 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 you use it to transform yourself. Gloria, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, your comment that um you know, that people would like it to just go away or disappear or for them to deny it. What happens energetically is is just the opposite. It becomes more more invested in the aura in an energy that blocks a natural flow in space. So you you could meditate and think you've, you know, taken care of something when, in fact, you've simply, you know, hidden it from yourself. And uh, I lived for years in an ashram, and I love meditating. I learned to meditate, and it just was just lovely. But but I there were some skills that were just seriously lacking in me in, in taking care of my, you know, my life skills. You know, I could meditate, you know, all day long, but if I came out and I got angry in traffic, you know, that's my real state. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in Boston, I'm sure you can't get angry in traffic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not you yourself, but I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure there's a large Even majority me of people. <laughs> you know, so, uh, this could be a little confusing because we're using meditating in, in, in a couple of different ways. Uh, oh, what, what we teach, Gloria and me, is a, is a type of psychic meditation where you learn how to see energy and uh, of. of of your own and other people and hopefully improve the way you utilize energy and the way you respond to energy and improve your communication. Uh, There are also kinds of meditations where people try to transcend their everyday issues and, and those can feel wonderful and they can be part of an overall practice, but Gloria and I are committed to having the core of our practice be growing more skillful in interacting with ourselves and with other people. Now, we're getting close to a break, but I really want to cover auras because you mentioned as the first part that the, the, the energy that a person uh, gives off is, is a, something that you read. How are auras used in, in psych, psychic psychology? And, and this can go to either of you. Gloria, if you want to start. Well, you know, the, the aura really displays the status of your, uh, of your growth and your relationships. And, and actually, in John's words, and this is a quote from very early on when I first met him, he says, your aura not only displays the status of your growth and relationships, it creates your growth, it creates your relationships, it creates your life. So we work with the energies of those those creative energies in our space in opening up uh, awareness and flow and, and, and the ability to engage them. And you don't have to be perfectly in flow or perfectly engaged to really bring about a tremendous amount of, of healing in those relationships, but just relatively open, relatively in flow. And, and lots of really wonderful things happen in, in bringing more skill and authenticity. Um, I, I was shocked that both of you could actually read auras over the phone. Actually kind of easier. (laughs) 
Energy has nothing to do with time and space. You can you can see it. You can read it. And people are often really surprised when they find themselves able to do that, and, and I encourage it. But let me let me reframe something very quickly so that there's not a uh, you know misunderstanding. When we see and when we say see energy, we actually are referring to clairvoyance, but also to any perceptive mode that comes into play for anyone. That's feeling energy, sensing energy, knowing energy smelling energy, in any way that you perceive an energy uh, is, is, is really, really valuable. Though we use the terms, in kind of more clairvoyant terms, that doesn't mean you can't do very, very effective and profound healings uh, by just sensing energy or just allowing energy. You don't even have to perceive it to, to start bringing in quite a, quite a bit of healing into your, into your life. All right, we're, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come right back and we're going to jump into uh, the clients that you work with and, and how you help those folks. So let's, let's take a quick break. We'll come back to Absurd Psychology. Thanks for joining us. We have an exciting new next segment coming up. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. I'm so fortunate to have John Friedlander and Gloria Hemshire on, and they are psychic psychologists. And uh, what we're going to do is talk about clients. And, you know, John, I know that uh, you practice law and uh, you've had a very diverse uh, career. But I'm wondering, you know, you, you led yourself into the psychic abilities, recognizing you did have psychic abilities. 
is that normal for somebody in the psychic world to have one career and then lead themselves into that? And then what type of clients did you find yourself assisting in as you engaged that, the, the psychic psychology world? You know, I think it is unusual, uh, but not unheard of. Um, I, I started my mystical search uh, in the, around 1970, and while I was uh, finishing college, uh, earlier than that, if you want to include my druggy days, uh, and uh, uh, and all throughout law school, I was really almost full time uh, studying yogic meditation, uh, and uh, then I I uh, studied with Lewis. Uh, Bostwick in 73 and Jane Roberts throughout 74 and I uh, I I then having graduated from law school and realizing that I did not have any real life skills and I realized that uh, trying to be a psychic would be ridiculous for me <laughs> because I might be able to be psychic but I wouldn't be able to give anybody any good advice. Uh, so for me, practicing law for 15 years was kind of my postgraduate education. Wow. I, I, wanted, I wanted to have something to offer uh, before I, uh, I hung out my shingle uh, as, as someone who, who might be able to give life experience. <laughs> So, um, uh, uh, so I was also fortunate to have a, a wife who uh, uh, was very supportive of that. And uh, when she's a professor, uh, when it came time for her to become a professor, it was really easy for me to transition. And I had always planned to to do this, um, but. Uh, uh, I think that people uh, uh, can make huge changes. Unlike Gloria, who grew up in a clairvoyant household, uh, I grew up in a very conventional household. Uh, and before I uh, was listening to John Coltrane uh, and had my life changed, I, I was a complete atheist. Uh, and uh, listening to John Coltrane, the jazz musician, uh, began opening me up. I think I think lots of people uh, open up, and it gets easier and easier to do these days. That's that's a wonderful um, analogy. Gloria, you know, you, you, you recognized you had clairvoyance at a very young age when you, your family, I guess, was around it. Um, you didn't dive right in either. So how did you come to know this clairvoyance and decide to use it for, for other people? I dove as far away from it as I could. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't go away. And, and that's, that, you know, I'll find a lot of 
lot of people who are, are, are very open and they would really like for it to go away. And the, the thing that is really helpful and what John's system taught me is a, a way to be feel balanced and safe and, and really to be able to utilize this skill in a, in a very healing way. But I did grow up in a very psychic environment, and, and uh, people were always coming in to get my my mother was very psychic. And, and I watched people through the years, and, and one of the things that it was frightening to me how much power they gave her. And, uh, and, and she wasn't, you know, trained with any kind of boundaries. or She just grew up. She was just, just full-blown psychic. So people would radiate to her. And, but I saw times when people would walk away looking more wounded than healed. And, and to, the, to me, that was very concerning. So I would, I would saw that as a real, it, that was concerning enough for me to say, I don't know if I could do this because I, I want to always be able to help people. I never want to give them wrong information. You know, I was, you know, pre- presenting a kind of a per- perfect picture about how I would want to be. And I didn't feel I'd be capable to, to handle that daunting responsibility. So I kept putting it aside. And then um, in the, you know, let's see, how long ago, over, over 20 years ago, one of my, my, my best friends started telling me about John's system. You know, she wanted me to go to these psychic development classes. I'm going, no, no, <laughs> leave me alone. I don't want to go to these classes. I don't want to be more psychic. I want it to go away. And uh, I found, uh, you know, long story short, uh, she uh, strong-armed me into going and then tricked me because she was going to drive. But she didn't. Uh, something came up, and I ended up having to drive to the first class by myself. And uh, and at that time, I actually had had a tremendous fear of driving on the interstate. I, it had developed after I had my second child uh, of driving on the interstate, and particularly about going over bridges. And so I had to drive over the, the Ohio River from Cincinnati into Kentucky. And I don't know how I got myself to class that night because I was terrified. I, I couldn't even when I finally got there. But that night, the teacher wasn't John. It was one of his teachers down in Kentucky. That night, she taught us how to ground and just release energies. And it was, you know, maybe a two-hour class. And and, uh, I was amazed when I drove home how much more capable I was of dealing with that fear. And that was just a simple two-hour class. So the very first night of learning how to drop the anxiety out of my space changed my life enough for me to go, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to learn everything I can about this system. That that was probably a much longer story than you (laughs) mentioned. No, no. You know, um, the seven planes of consciousness is in your works. And, John, I I know that that's something that you work with in your seminars. Um, And I guess maybe it's called the seven planes. I've heard it as the seven planes of existence or the seven planes of consciousness. I know there's something like the soul plane, the emotional plane, the vital etheric plane, and the physical. And and I know there's three more, but I think they have to do with after death. You know, what purpose do they serve to help people? What, What are those planes and what do they do to help people? Well... Uh, you can have a lot of fun exploring these. It's a system of of focusing, uh, uh, and when you direct your focus in a narrow beam, you see more information. Um, 
in that narrow beam. You wouldn't want to try to watch a football game through a microscope, but you can uh, you can see a lot through a microscope that you can't see with the unaided eye. So That's a good point. <laughs> so so through studying the seven planes, and 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 I do have a. Uh, a CD set where where uh, people uh, who already know how to meditate can 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 find their way through the seven planes. <laughs> uh, through studying the seven planes, you you learn to turn a microscope on on uh, particular areas. Uh, for example, uh, you can get in in touch with your soul. And uh, that just gives a, a kind of permanent, safe, knowledgeable part of you that's always and already present in each moment of your life that is comfortable and open to whatever happens. Uh, and you have the power and guidance and healing of that in the background, uh, once you've learned how to contact that and aware of it, then, then, then you know you always have it in your corner uh, and that you can always access it, no matter how, how difficult uh, an experience may be. Uh, when you tap into the wisdom of the soul, you begin to experience the sacredness of every moment, good, bad, or even awful, and the eternal validity. So that's quite exciting. The emotional plane, often called the astral, uh, is something that a lot of systems avoid dealing with very much, but it's really... Uh, at the uh, core of uh, our system where we really dig into the emotions and into communication around the emotions. The vital etheric plane uh, and the physical are are really uh, part of of one large plane uh, called the uh, uh, etheric physical or physical, etheric, and that vital etheric includes the acupuncture body, and uh, if you've heard of prana uh, that the yogis work on and uh, various other energies, very, very important in in healing. so learning how to work with with that uh, allows the kind of emotional and spiritual healing you do to incorporate itself into the uh, physical body. I often tell my clients, uh, we're souls living a human life. And many times our human life is off track for what our soul is here to do. And... That tends to sound very, you know, esoteric, but it's in some regards, but in another regard, when they start to understand that they start to to begin to look inside themselves and and begin to think 
they're like, yeah, my life is not reflective of my passions. Is what do you think about that, Gloria? Yeah, that's 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 beautiful. Um, I I would just do a little reframe on that, and, and remember in the um, earlier, you know, we we started with what's in the way is the way, uh, and uh, you know the, those portions of ourselves that that you refer to or frame as as off track are are again what's next for finding a way to find that balance. And, and uh, you know, and what you're saying is those people begin to engage those areas or engage that direction towards more of their own passion and, and, uh, and, uh, um, uh, and direction. And that in finding their, that direction, they're finding their clarity, they're finding their passion, they're finding a new way to be authentic. And, uh, and that's, that is truly a thing of beauty, and it really does take... It takes a, a kind of courage. You know, um, auras and chakras are something that both of you work with, and we've talked about it just previously, but uh, what makes them so important to our everyday living, recognizing auras and chakras in each other and having that ability to read that? John, you might want to start. Okay, well, uh, the study of, of auras and chakras is a lifetime study. And when you begin studying with them, uh, and, and, and if you're not, you know, just naturally full-blown psychic like Gloria was, well, when you begin, um, you, you have certain meditations that, that increase your ability to perceive uh, the aura and the chakra. Uh, let me just back up for a minute and define what the aura is. The aura is a bubble of spiritual energy and uh, information that each person has surrounding him or herself. Um, and when you can perceive that, it gives you powerful ways to to grow. Um, Let's say, uh, so Gloria's story about being able to drive across bridges. Um, or let's say that uh, you're uh, frightened of getting in an argument with someone. Uh, as you, in, in your early days of studying, you can learn how to ground and clear your energy field so that you get more balanced and you uh, you become better at being comfortable with what you want, be better at listening carefully to the other person and reflecting back so that they feel heard and understood. And over time, you simply become a better conversationalist. John, we're going to have to take a quick break here, but we're going to come right back and we're going to jump right back into this topic. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. Please come back. We've got another exciting segment of Absurd Psychology. Come back. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? 
Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back to Absurd Psychology. Once again, this is Dr. Gary Bell. I have uh, psychic John Friedlander and uh, clairvoyant uh, Gloria Hempshire. And once again, these spectacular guests are answering some wonderful questions about the study of psychic psychology. We're talking about auras, John, and you were practically in mid-sentence when I rudely interrupted you, but (laughs) you were talking about how auras and and reading those auras and understanding our own auras can assist us in life. Can you go further with that? Yes, uh, and and I'm completely comfortable with with the necessity to take a break. Um, So... Uh, so in the beginning, you learn how to work with your aura, and and over time, whether you want to become a professional psychic or not, it becomes really great to learn how to read other people's auras, because then you can start understanding uh, naturally what what their boundaries are, what they are and are not comfortable. What, what they are and are not saying, uh, and uh, you can pitch your communication uh, to them uh, more skillfully, uh, and paradoxically, as you become more powerful, if you do it right, you also become less intrusive, less coercive less manipulative. Mm. Um, 
And then as you become more and more advanced, there's just more and more really cool things you can do. Just uh, yesterday I was working with uh, an advanced student who is uh, an executive, and he was learning how to read what his clients uh, were looking for and where there was a conflict between what he could provide for his client and what his client could have. He He was learning how to engage him in a non-manipulative psychic conversation over a couple of weeks uh, so that the client would probably, so that he would understand the client more deeply and the client would probably be able to understand him more deeply because because the stage had been set at an inner psychic level. More primitive level, I actually do that with couples um, Mm, to try to increase their intimacy with each other and their sense of belonging to each other. Gloria, do do you have something to say on that? Yeah, couples. Wow, that's a really, really fascinating uh, psychic dynamic. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> well, you know, you know, the basically what this all comes down to is the anatomy of relationship. The, the, what we're talking about here is how our energies interact with each other, and uh, there's that's a very profound way to uh, to to work, you know, with couples or for, with families with with parents and children, uh, many of our clients are, are, are working with the issues that, and along those lines. And we find that the more healthier a boundary uh, they or we can cultivate, the more profoundly authentic and intimate we can be with, with those we, we care about and, and, with, uh, and with anyone, actually. So it's always a, a boundary issue. The, the energy of, of, uh, of relationships is, is always about a boundary, a nuanced and flexible and respectful boundary. And so as you study your aura, you, you get to understand what's going on dynamically in your own space. And as you as you explore that, you begin to also understand others. And that it, it's a way of really increasing intimacy and skill and learning how to be more generous and kind. And uh, uh, and it, it takes it takes the work it takes, but it, it's really profound work. I'm always shocked in my in, in my field in therapy that uh, so many so much of our training is so unaware of meta communication, the nonverbal communication, where that is such a huge tool to develop. And and I would say your work is truly in that bailiwick of meta communication that is so powerful to our subconscious. Um, can you expound on that? I'll let John go there. He's the <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I think it is. Uh, uh, you know, there there are figures out there, and I can't remember exactly, but maybe fifteen percent of communication is the words we say, um, and uh, uh, so much is body language, uh, vocal tone. Uh, uh, but so much more is uh, the the energy that that uh, you're you're setting up, and um, when people interact, uh, 
uh, and they're unaware of their energy, we tend to do what's called jumping into the other people's space because we want what we want and we think what we think and we want the world to comply with uh, our vision of it. Uh, And the way that works out, the way that operates at an energy level is that we, uh, we, we throw our energy into other people's space and, and we get other people's energy in our space. And, uh, it, it, that, that's uncomfortable and unhealthy. We talk a lot about boundaries, not just as, as psychics, but um, I'm sure you've used the word boundaries, too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, as a psychic, you have this lovely operational definition of a boundary. Uh, a boundary, violating a boundary is jumping into someone else's aura. And what you learn how to do as a psychic, uh, at least in, in our school, is... Uh, you learn how to communicate clearly to people uh, and to respond uh, well to people uh, while minimizing uh, the energy that you throw into their space or that you pick up from them. I just have to ask, you know, there's so many people hanging a sign as a professional psychic out to the general public, and and I I, I would think that it's important to caution people about what to look for and what not to look for in the psychic community as far as seeking help. Can can any can either of you expound on that? Maybe Gloria, can you start with that? Yeah, I can start. I I would you know look for someone who really. Uh, is, is will, willing and able to help you find your own answers, your own autonomy, who really supports your, your growth and clarity, and who can keep a nice, and, nice healthy boundary. Um, and and uh, a lot of uh, healers and, 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 and psychics uh, are, are not trained in boundaries, and their, their intentions may be, may be wonderful, but they may not be able to track the boundaries. So it'll be up to you. Uh, to make a you know a, a informed decision on how to work with someone, and you can work with someone who doesn't have boundaries if you learn to cultivate them for yourself. You can learn from someone who doesn't have healthy boundaries, and as long as you're cultivating them for yourself. Oh, very um, good. And uh, I I agree with all of that, and I would stay away from anyone who. Uh, who told you that they knew, uh, <laughs> or that they never make mistakes? Oh boy! <laughs> uh, that they that they know what you should do, um, or what you uh, as well as as well as the kind of phony ones who'll say, you know, uh, we, who are rare these days. Most most psychics are, are real psychics, but you know the ones who say, uh, you know, I'll help you find your love. We have to build a a bridge of gold, so give me $100,000. <laughs> uh, obviously, you want to stay away from that kind. Yeah. yeah. How does uh, trauma and depression, it, how has that worked with uh, in psychic psychology? Well, we, uh, we in, in, 
from the beginning, uh, a major part of our work is to uh, free up those knots that get tied into uh, the aura uh, with uh, trauma and uh, depression and many other ways. Uh, and those, those knots that we call pictures, because as a clairvoyant, you can see them uh, looking, uh, you can often see the underlying exper- experience that that it's knotting up the aura. And we learn how to uh, untie those knots. Uh, and it's, it's a very powerful way of, of doing that so that your aura is free to 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 respond to what's happening now, not what happened 10 years ago or, or what you are hoping happens 10 years in the future. Mm-hmm. How about you, Gloria? You know, from trauma and depression, anxiety, they're so prevalent in so many people. I mean, what's your... What's your take also on that? Because, John, that's a, you made some awesome points there. Well, you know, there's, you know, anytime there's a, you know, a, you know, a congestion is mental, spiritual, emotional, or physical congestion in aura. There's, there's a flow that has stopped, and so one of the, the, the easiest ways is to get energy moving around that. But before I go much further into that, it, when there are, you know, real, you know, you know, real depression. Uh, or trauma, you know, we really, you know, uh, encourage our, our clients to be working also with a, a professional therapist, a psychiatrist. Uh, uh, some people will come to a psychic looking for all of their answers, and, and I find that to be um, not enough. Uh, even a, a really good psychic, you know, if, if you really have severe depression, you want to seek all the modalities of, of support you can, uh, you can, um, you, you know, if, you, I'm sorry, Gloria. Oh, no, go right ahead. Um, you both yeah. talk about perception and, uh, can you give me an idea of, uh, people's creating their own reality? Uh, John, you have a quote, you create your own reality, but you don't control it. Can, can you expound on perspective and, and how, you know, people do have their own truths? Uh, well, well, the phrase, you create your own reality, was really coined by my teacher, Jane Roberts, who was the first modern channel. And I first uh, read her books beginning in 72, and she really became a central part of my life. Um, uh, and I like a lot of people in the class uh, took that to heart that we created our own reality. uh, And many of us walked right off of a cliff because we thought that we, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, we would never have to do anything that we didn't want to do. And... uh, we we could make our living by winning the lottery because after all we create our reality, and it really was a profound misunderstanding of the embeddedness that that each of us has in uh, in life, starting where we are, uh, 
and and what's in the way is the way. So, for example, uh, uh, though I had an elite education, I wasn't a good writer, uh, which is a real drawback if you want to be a lawyer. Uh, so I thought, because I knew that you created your own reality, that that I was just going to walk in and become the greatest lawyer ever. Uh, and I wasn't. In fact, I wasn't worth anything. And I had a hard time getting my first job until this older lawyer uh, helped me uh, learn how to write. So wow. gradually I, I became a better and better writer. And what I learned from that and watching numerous other people is that you 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 absolutely create your reality and and you make the meaning out of it that you do but you you create it not like a tic tac toe game where where you absolutely know how to win but you're engaged in something deep and creative and spontaneous that no one can control uh so there will always be surprises uh i was uh i was listening to a channel about 25 30 years ago who said uh, everyone wants to be spontaneous they just don't want to be surprised <laughs> <laughs> all right now I would love to continue this interview, but we have to wrap up our show, and I want to thank our special guests, Gloria Hampshire and John Friedlander. Thank you, thank you, both of you. Your work is so important, and I appreciate the time you've taken to work with me on this show's journey. Um, next week is a replay due to the July 3rd and 4th holiday. It will be our May 8th show on dating, and uh, we play on Fridays at 1 p.m., Pacific Standard Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please uh, reach out to me at Twitter at drgbmft. Uh, you can always find Gloria and John on the internet. And I want you to remember one thing. A pessimist is a man who thinks the opposite sex are bad, and an optimist is the one who hopes they are. <laughs> so, that's from Chauncey Depew, who was the attorney for the Vanderbilt's railroad system. So once again, Gloria and John, thank you so much. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.